0: Catholic Register. This is Register Radio, bringing light and clarity to the news and topics that affect your life.
1: When Cardinal Joseph Zen, the 90 year old Bishop Emeritus of Hong Kong, was arrested and released on bail two weeks ago, it sent a clear signal of just how far China will go in trespassing on religious freedom. What's next for Cardinal Zen and for Catholics and other religious believers in Hong Kong? Register Rome Correspondent Edward Penton has been covering the story. He joins us now. Then we'll have an editor's corner to catch up on news and information you should know. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Executive Director and Editor-in-Chief of the National Catholic Register, joined as usual by my co-host Matthew Bunsen, EWTN's Executive Editor and Washington Bureau Chief. Hi, Matthew.
2: Great to be with you as always.
1: I'm glad to have you back from Rome. That was a, a long hiatus there, but um, but Little it was bit, good yes. to yeah, it was good to speak with you while you were there too. So, so Cardinal Zen uh, was big news. I mean, it really um, kind of ricocheted around the globe. It felt like, at least in the Catholic world, and uh, he's expected to be in uh, court again in Hong Kong next week, uh, following his May 11th arrest um, for supposedly violating China's national security law. Uh, with at least four others. Um, And uh, Edward has been covering this story. He's spoken to Cardinal Zen many times uh, and was on the story quite quickly. So we're delighted to have you with us today, Edward, to talk about this story and and some other stories you have on ncregister.com right now. Hi, Edward.
3: Hi, Jeanette. Hi, good to be with you.
1: So what do you know of the events that led to Cardinal Zen's arrest?
3: Right well, it was triggered by um, one of uh, four or five uh, uh, trustees of um, a charity which was set up really to help uh, pro democracy activists if they were if they were um, punished by the state and to help them financially uh, to get through it um, and Cardinal Zen is one of these trustees um, and this uh, this particular trustee who was on his way to germany he was he was leaving the, the country and the authorities decided to basically uh, arrest him uh, at the airport Um, and really under the the reasons they gave was um, collusion with foreign forces which is a rather general term we don't know exactly what that means Uh, but they're essentially using uh, these 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 five uh, to because of their membership of this group this relief fund it's called the 612 humanitarian relief fund um, to to say that they've, they've breached this uh, national security law, which was set up in 2020, which is a very draconian law, um, has been criticized by many uh, civil rights uh, groups for um, contravening uh, human rights. Um, and they've used this law to basically apprehend them. So so that's what we know so far. We don't know um, what particular charges they've been uh, leveled with, but uh, but we do know that that's, that's the reasons that they've given. Uh, to to arrest them.
1: That's right. You mentioned that uh, this law back in 2020 um, it was looked upon by many, <laughs> you know, as a as a, a violation of human rights, or it was feared to be a violation of of human rights. And just this past week, when. Cardinal Zen, or I guess that was uh, the 11th when Cardinal Zen was arrested. Uh, even Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, spoke out in concern over uh, the Hong Kong's human rights record and what she called repression of political freedoms. And of course several, you know, a few years ago you saw a lot of those protests. Uh, and I think this is the kind of thing we feared, right? Um, Cardinal Zen, of course, has a history of um, of uh, advocating for uh, underground Catholics in mainland China who have uh, had a lot less freedom than than those in Hong Kong. What do you make of the situation right now in Hong Kong
3: well it's become as Cardinal Bo said of, of Burma it's become a very much a police state. He said this after the arrest of Cardinal Zen, um, and there's been growing concerns uh, across the world about what's happening there it's becoming very much like china, mainland china even though there was this agreement um made when the british government handed over uh china hong kong to china in 97 that there would be um two systems one state two systems so there'd be a very much uh, keeping the freedoms that it had under uh, british colonial rule uh even under china but that's obviously been contravened they haven't um they haven't remained faithful to that agreement, uh, Beijing, and so this this is really part of that. And Cardinal Zen, as you said, has been very outspoken in criticising this this growing authoritarianism coming from China in Hong Kong. And I think he was always resigned to being arrested at some point. And I think, having talked to him, he, he and talked to his friends as well. That I think he he was almost. Not hoping for it, but he did. He was quite willing to to, to take the hit, as it were, and to to suffer that sort of white martyrdom, um, which is which is what's happening. And um, in order to as a witness to the faith and to witness to to the freedoms that um, that he's defended so much, especially religious freedom in China and Hong Kong.
2: Uh, Edward, uh, we were just talking about this—the new law that came in—but we've also just seen the election of John Lee as Hong Kong's new chief executive, and mm-hmm. does seem to signal really a, a decisive turn toward uh, a much more authoritarian style of rule by the Beijing government of Xi Jinping. Looking at that, looking at Jimmy Lai, now looking at Cardinal Zen—is uh, this a signal? of what's lying ahead now for Hong Kong Catholics but Hong Kong people in general.
3: Well, I think it, it does look very ominous and um, this uh, new chief executive, you say John Lee, um, he claims to be Catholic uh, but he's a former ex-security chief for Hong Kong and is that in fact um, deeply unpopular due to his crackdown on protesters um, during demonstrations in 2019 and those demonstrations Basically, were used as a pretext for this national security law. So he's very much tied up with all of the authoritarianism um, that's been going on, and he's certainly more authoritarian than his predecessor. Although she uh, was also um, very much along those lines as well. So it's very much a sort of um, uh, Beijing coming really coming down hard on Hong Kong, and you see it more and more each each um, each month, and. It's it's a real contrast to how it used to be. I mean, Hong Kong used to be one of the freest, if not the freest, sort of Asian nation uh, in in that whole area, and uh, and now it's becoming um, quite the opposite. So it's it it, it doesn't go well at all for the Catholics there. Um, they have a new bishop uh, who was uh, who took his position only a, f- a few weeks ago, Bishop Stephen Chao sao Yan, um, but. The, He's he's also in a very difficult position too, and uh, mm-hmm. it's going to have to play play a very difficult role in in, in a, a real tightrope in in trying to keep religious freedom, but at the same time standing up to these authoritarian measures being imposed by Beijing.
1: That's right, and the diocese issued a statement um, that they were extremely concerned about the the, the incident with uh, Cardinal Zen, but it wasn't actually even signed by the bishop. It just kind of signaling just how hard that must be for him. And it seems, Edward, that the Vatican too has kind of played a a um, uh, has has not come right out and kind of condemned what happened or, or spoken very directly about it. They said they were concerned, but. They also signaled their concerned mm. about their own relationship with uh, with China. Uh, tell us more about what's happening with uh, the Vatican in China and why Cardinal Parolin was not um, completely condemning of, of this situation.
3: Yes, I mean this is this has been quite telling, really. I mean they put out the Vatican put out a brief statement uh, on when uh, Cardinal Zen was arrested with the others, um, and they said uh, that it learned with concern the news of Cardinal Zen's arrest and is following the situation with great attention, but that was basically it and As you say Cardinal Parolin didn't offer much more either um, and this has been read also by in in uh, China and Hong Kong as being The vatican really in a sense throwing cardinal zen under the bus. I mean there's a headline Mm -hmm. uh, In the south china morning post that said the vatican has no tears for cardinal zen and this is I think causing a lot of concern because uh, Cardinal Zen, as we know, has been very strong in standing up for faithful Catholics in in China and Hong Kong, and it seems that if the Vatican is willing to to hang him out to dry um, that 's obviously not a good thing and in fact quite scandalous um, right. well, some would say very scandalous um, so in, in order in order to preserve the the political situation between the Holy See um and Beijing and so it seems uh a, a bad, a bad moment. A lot of people think for for Vatican diplomacy. If that is the case, that they're willing to basically throw Cardinals in under the bus for political expediency. Um, and if, as I say, if that is the case, um, it's it's it won't attract many people to to the Vatican
1: D- diplomatic corps, right? It,
3: yes, and particularly this provisional agreement, which is signed with Beijing in 2018. Which this is a lot of what this is all about is trying to preserve right. that. Um, at right. the same time.
1: And it's still provisional that it's, it's provisional yes. since 2018 so it's interesting um to just see where that's going. It's a complex and situation. It, and yeah, yes. it's too. Yeah, it's a very complex situation so you imagine how difficult it is to manage uh Edward it, it's um as I as I was saying in our lead it, we're expecting uh Cardinal Zen to be back in court. Do you have any inside knowledge about what's um expected from that court hearing?
3: I don't. Um, I think from what John Lee said, though, it, you know, he, they're very much making these charges against them because they say they're dissenting from, from uh, the, the law. So uh, they're going to continue with this, it seems. And um, even though they've been let out on bail, um, they will continue to press charges, it seems. So we'll, we'll see what happens on the 24th. But uh, right. it, it doesn't look particularly positive at the moment.
1: Okay. Well, this is Register Radio. We've been talking to Edward Penton from Rome. We've been talking about Cardinal Zen's arrest a couple weeks ago and a future court date uh, this coming week. Um, Edward, you've got another very interesting story. Uh, You've been quite prolific on our website lately, so (laughs) there's another very interesting story I want to turn to about how uh, European pro-life movement. The European pro-life movement is responding to the expected Dobbs decision. Before we do that, I just want to promote a Religious Freedom Matters podcast that if you're interested in this Cardinal Zen story, you really should listen to. It's called Cardinal Zen's Arrest: A Window into Religious Persecution in China. Uh, you can find it on any podcast uh, provider out there and it's, it's a really good one. Religious Freedom Matters is something you can follow. So Edward, this story about um, uh, how European pro-lifers are responding to the expected Dobbs decision, uh, which, of course, everyone expects um, for Roe v. Wade to be overturned, and which would send the abortion policy and ab- abortion regulation back to the states. Um, what is... Th- this made headlines all over Europe. Your story is a really nice one. It's got a... a, a a picture of all the headlines at ncregister.com. There's this picture of all the headlines across Europe, and one of them is uh, leaked anti-abortion ruling imperils civil rights, right? And this is Biden's words. It's a quote from him. And, and this is really seems to be how um, the, you know, the European press characterized this, uh, an um, imperiling of, of civil rights here in the U.S. But, of course, pro-lifers uh, there in, in Europe see it differently. What are they saying?
3: yes well it's interesting isn't it because i think the the newspapers obviously see this as completely a settled issue whereas you know it, and that is often the case in europe that it's seen as settled because it was brought through through legislation uh the that, that people feel that people have had their say uh but as you say yes the pro-life uh, movement is is very um buoyed by this and very uh, very positive about the, this news they feel that it's a it vindicates their work over the past 50 years and they they see the U.S. very much as in the vanguard of all of this, that, they, that the U.S., because it was one of the first nations to legalize abortion, um, certainly one of the biggest, uh, that they see this decision as very much um, possibly leading the way uh, for Europe too to, to start changing the, the laws on this and start um, ending legalized abortion. So, so it's a, a very much a, a shot in the arm here for, for the pro-life movement. And um, as I say, they're, they're thrilled. They're calling it a colossal. Or it would be a colossal victory if, if it actually takes place.
1: Mm-hmm. Of course, just as you pointed out, the abortion policy there is very different in Europe, and part of that reason is because it went through the legislative process, whereas ours mm-hmm. was by judicial overreach, and this now will put it back into that legislative process. So there's a huge a battle ahead uh, uh, here in the U.S., and, and maybe we are less... Um, uh, maybe we are more equally divided on those sides of who wants abortion legal and uh, and who doesn't, uh, it, whereas in Europe there seems to be uh, more support for that legalization. So maybe we're in a good place. But there is a lot of fear here that, it, you know, uh, that legislative process could even turn badly. So it's curious to us, you know, from this side of the pond yes. <laughs> to, to see how, um, how much... Uh, our situation is buoying the the pro-lifers there. Is there expectation of backlash even in Europe, like a tightening of the laws?
3: Yes. Well, I was talking to to Liam Gibson, who's um, who's a, a pro-life uh, leader in in Northern Ireland, and he was telling me that um, that there's a possibility that the, as he says, the current hysteria surrounding the leak would actually push for a complete decriminalisation in Britain. Mm-hmm. That the, there could be a sort of backlash. Where they uh, see this as a real threat to um, legalized abortion, and so they double down and that that is a certain uh, certainly a, a real possibility, but at the same time uh, the one the people I spoke to like like Liam Gibson and others, they still believe that it will be overall uh, a very positive thing and it it's it's certainly increasing the debate and as um, somebody else I spoke to Virginia Coden and who started the march for life in Italy she She was saying that actually, you know, the more the debate uh, is is heard and the more people discuss this, the better it is really for the pro-life movement, because uh, obviously the arguments are on their side. And so um, they feel that this is this can only actually lead to a good thing. But there will be a period uh, where there will be a backlash and there will be um, certainly sort of digging in uh, among those who are pro-abortion and pro-legalized abortion.
1: Yes, and one of your uh, sources there in in um, in Britain or were commenting on just um, the episcopal support that there's a real need for right. um, bishops to step up. has has that not been um, a, 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 a strong stance of the bishops?
3: well, in in England and Wales, unfortunately, the bishops have have supported um, certain sex education, which has included um, contraception and abortion as well. And so they've, uh, John Smeaton, who I spoke to, he said that actually the, the bishops through supporting these these certain uh, policies have actually undermined the work, the good work that the pro-life movement has done, especially through the clergy. The clergy in, in England and Wales have been very strong on uh, defending life, um, but the bishops have been unfortunately not so much. And so that has, um, that has not helped at all. And he's, his point was, if you don't have, really have the bishops supporting it, um, it's, it's really uh, hiding to nothing because you need the bishops support really to, to help this movement. Um, not that it's only a Catholic issue, of course, but it is primarily a one. Um, and so if the bishops aren't behind it, it's, it's, um, it's not going to be very successful.
1: Right. Well, before I let you go, because again, you said you've been so prolific, you've got a story on the site right now about um, a, a French Catholic humanitarian uh, aid worker who's telling his story about captivity in Iraq. A really good read. But there's also a story I, I think didn't get much, uh, enough attention um, by uh, press, um, Catholic or secular, and it, it's about what's happening in Tigray right now. Can you just give us a summary, a quick one, of, of what's happening there and why we should be concerned?
3: Sure, yes. Tigray is is, is a region in northern Ethiopia which is um, being fought over really through, by the Eritrean and the Ethiopian governments. Um, and they have been, um, they they don't really agree with the sort of reforms being imposed on them by ethiopia um and so ethiopia has basically cracked down on that whole region and essentially cut them off Um, they cut them off from humanitarian aid journalists can't get in um and so there's poverty and starvation and atrocities going on there which um few people know about because as i say there's no media coverage and um they've basically been cut off so so i wrote about that that there's there's real concerns there that um that there isn't humanitarian aid getting in and that the, really the world has turned a, turned its shoulder to them and is paying no attention, whereas, of course, Ukraine is very much taking a lot of the media's attention. But the, the humanitarian situation in Tigray, which is a, has a population of seven million people, um, they're really suffering. And uh, I spoke to some priests uh, who said it's really a, a hellish um, it really is a hellish place at the moment, and um, they, they're really pleading for, for the international community to take some real action to, to help them.
1: Well, Edward Penton, reporting from Rome for the National Catholic Register, we're always appreciative of your work, and our listeners can go to ncregister.com and, and, and look up these stories. One is titled, European Pro-Lifers Hail Possible Overturn of Roe v. Wade, and Ethiopia is committing genocide against the Tigrayan people, says priests from the region. Edward, thank you so much.
3: Thank you, Jeanette.
1: We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, Matthew and I will have an Editor's Corner. This is Register Radio. More when we return.
0: the first disciples were eyewitnesses to Christ's resurrection. Today, the Register is a witness to His presence in our world. Through our reporting, we nourish the minds of the faithful and provide insights into the events of our time through the lens of Catholic teaching. EWTN's National Catholic Register reflects the hope of our Catholic faith, delivering truth and staying above the fray while providing a deeper understanding of Christ's love and mercy alive today. Try it for free to Today and get it delivered to your home office or parish. Get six free issues today online at ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. That's ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. The National Catholic Register. Read faithfully. Lord Jesus Christ, who are called the Prince of Peace, who are yourself our peace and reconciliation, who so often said, Peace to you, grant us peace. Make all men and women witnesses of truth, justice, and brotherly love. Banish from their hearts whatever might endanger peace. Enlighten our rulers, that they may guarantee and defend the great gift of peace. May all the peoples of the earth become as brothers and sisters. May longed for peace blossom forth and reign always over us all. Amen. Let's return to Register Radio on EWTN.
1: Welcome back. I'm Jeanette DeMello, joined by my co-host Matthew Bunsen here on Register Radio, and we're going to have a quick Editor's Corner about the news at EWTN News, the news we've been discussing, but it's also news that probably everybody has seen. Uh, Matthew, there's just you know the sadness of, of uh, this shootout in Buffalo, this this uh, racial act of, uh, of, uh, of great magnitude again, signaling a summer of rage that we were kind of expecting uh, regarding abortion in uh, the De- Dobbs decision, and and but yet here you have anug- another ugly head <laughs> uh, raging. Um, what are the what's the talk up, especially in Washington, about um, what's expected this summer?
2: Well, this summer at the simple way to describe it is the one that has been coined by uh, a number of uh, pro abortion organizations and movements uh, and that is they are going to launch what has been described as a summer of rage mm-hmm. and uh that was described by women's march president Rachel Carmona she said that the women of this country this will be a summer of rage that's the actual quote that they're using so i think we're anticipating we have already seen post-leak of the Dobbs decision uh, that uh, we're going to have uh, attempts, obviously, at intimidation of the justices. We saw the occupation, in some ways, of their neighborhoods. Uh, now, coming on that, as well as attacks on churches and pregnancy centers, that the Department of Homeland Security is anticipating violence and unrest after the final release of the Supreme Court decision. Uh, Which I think all of us anticipate is going to be the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the movement of uh, the question of abortion back to the states. In their memo, which was leaked uh, and and obtained by a a press organization called Axios, there are investigations ongoing right now that there could be social media threats to burn down the Supreme Court, murder the justices and their clerks, uh, all in response uh, to the overturning of Roe. And that uh, people really need to be braced for the possibility of um, a lot of potential violence and unrest coming. So I think it's something right. for all of us. It, it, we need to prepare spiritually as well for this.
1: Right. And you kind of wonder how does an event like you know we're talking about this, the the reaction to to Roe and and that kind of violence, and then you see what happened in Buffalo, and that's a totally different um, rationale that this this uh, you know deranged young man had. Um, but it's it's when you get into these climates of rage that it, 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 everything just comes unhinged, you know. It's it's very sad, and uh, and it's really a moment of prayer and fasting. The bishops called for that last uh, last Friday on May thirteenth, and we really need to commit to that as Catholics. Um, there there are important legislative events I think happening in the states as you know as soon as August, and one of the most important things after. Dobbs is is what's happening in Kansas um, very quickly. What's going on there? And um, what should we be looking forward to in that moment?
2: Yeah, well, there's a very important constitutional amendment uh, that is going to be up for the vote. Uh, early voting starts in July, and then the actual referendum is, uh, I think, on August 2nd. And basically what this is is an amendment to the Kansas Constitution. And what it is is the uh, a right to abortion and legislative power to regulate abortion amendment. We're so used to uh, voting no against uh, a lot of amendments or or that uh, pro-life movement itself is used to voting no. In this case, uh, the pro-life movement is supporting a vote for yes, because what it does is it amends the Kansas Constitution uh, to state that nothing in the state constitution creates a right to abortion or requires government funding for abortion and that the state legislature has the authority to pass laws regarding abortion. Now, it seems like a no-brainer. Uh, that that would be the case especially in what is ostensibly and presumably a very conservative state like kansas and yet this is going to be a an important bellwether coming as you just noted right after dobbs uh, as to how this plays out i think is going to tell us a lot not just how the summer plays out but then how the whole of the midterms play out and then once the states are back in play in terms of uh... the question of abortion state by state by state is going to be absolutely crucial
1: Absolutely something to watch, and of course our listeners uh, can go to ncregister.com for more news analysis and commentary on subjects like these, but also happier ones, our features and our blogs after the spiritual side nourishment we need in a moment like this. So thanks for joining us here on Register Radio on EWTN. For Matthew Bunsen and our producer Jeff Burson, I'm Jeanette DeMello. Until next week, God bless you.
0: For more information about the National Catholic Register and about Register Radio, go to ncregister.com. Podcasts of Register Radio are posted on ncregister.com and on ewtn.com. Join us next week at this time for Register Radio on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.